I gotta say, doing this show is a lot more fun when OU's got some recruiting momentum. And dare I say, as we look at things right now, two commitments on Monday. Lincoln Riley seemingly being stuffed in a locker by DeMarco Murray for the number one running back. It feels Parker Thune. We have some recruiting momentum to talk about for the first time in several weeks, huh? Is it, it feels just me? that way. Is it just me? I feel the it momentum. It feels that way. Let's hope it lasts. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of feel like it. Uh, if you get Taylor Tatum very soon, then you get into the month of July. It feels like the month of July is going to be good for you. Uh, with another uh, Xavier Robinson committing next week, Devon Mitchell uh, committing in July. I, I, I don't know. Let, let's hope this momentum lasts for uh, four or five weeks or so. And uh, the way things are setting up, maybe there's a chance that could happen. But right now it's all about Taylor Tatum, number one running back. And um, all the predictions right now, all the new predictions anyway, are pointing towards OU. Even Scott Schrader himself. Who said yesterday, oh, well, hey, trust me, we'll have this information. We'll have where Taylor Tatum's going to decide way before any of the OU sites have it. Trust me, you'll hear it here first on Taylor Tatum. And then I think he made a comment last night saying, yeah, things are turning towards uh, Oklahoma yeah, right now. Well, I think about the only people that are holding on to their USC predictions right now are Scott Schrader and Jeff Ketchum. So Jeff either, <laughs> either Oklahoma is going to close on the number one running back in the country or the worst people we know are going to take a victory lap on everyone. I, look, I mean, number one running back in a class, I, I think that this is probably pretty obvious. They had a lot of running backs on their board, and we've talked about a lot of running backs um, I'm guessing Taylor Tatum was at the very top of uh, DeMarco Murray's running back board in this class in 2024, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine so. I would imagine so. You know, what's, and what's funny about the kid is I, – I like, I, and I'll pass this along because, like, I heard this word for word from a source that I talked to on Tatum. They're like, I'm not sure this kid even really likes football. <laughs> Oh, great. <laughs> great. Like, imagine being that ridiculously athletic, Tyler, that you can honestly be partial to baseball. And Taylor Tatum is. Like, his passion is baseball. Like, imagine being so athletic that you can participate in a sport that is at best your second favorite and be the number one prospect in the country at that position. Yeah, some guys just have uh, all the luck is what it sounds like. But I think that you're also going to freak everyone out saying, well, is this focus really going to be on football? Is he going to care about football? I mean, he's the number one running back. Is he just going to quit the football team to go play baseball? Yeah, is well, that what's going to happen? I, huh? I want to I make sure that we're all operating with realistic expectations here. There is a chance, as good as Taylor Tatum is at baseball, that either, A, he gets drafted out of high school high enough that he takes a hard look at just going working his way through the minor league system. If the signing bonus is big enough, you know, it's it's a business decision at that point. But there's also the chance that he gets to college and he wants to prioritize baseball. And You take, you take that chance with this kid. You I, take I that say, chance. If, look, if this is some random three-star, 
then okay, maybe like, well, I don't really want to take that. You don't want to use the spot on somebody that might pick another sport anyway. But since you're dealing with the number one running back in the country yeah. here, and you're probably going to get two other running backs in this class, and you're right? going to get two other running, and backs. you're kind of stock. You have two freshmen in last year's class, uh, two running backs that you feel good about going into this year to be your one-two, like. Would you agree, like, OU is in the perfect situation, and I don't even want to say take a risk, because, again, he's the number one running back. Like, whatever the situation is, like, you take that on. But with the depth that current OU currently has on the roster now and with what the rest of this class is going to look like, OU is in perfect situation. I don't want to say risk, but I guess I'll say it because I can't think of another word. They're in a perfect situation to take a risk on a kid potentially going and playing baseball, right? I mean, that's sure. That's kind of where. And, and not only are they going to get just two other kids, one, I think they're going to get Xavier Robinson. The other running back that they get is going to be really good too. So, they're, they'll be all right one way or the other. But yeah, let's hope he sticks around and plays football, right? Come on. Demarco Murray just lives to stick it to USC over and you know over what? I, and can you run down again. those again? I heard you telling Steely earlier, and I thoroughly enjoyed. All, there's a lot of those. So he hat fakes USC at his own commitment yes. ceremony at the 2006 All-American Bowl. Fifteen years later, he's the running backs coach at OU. Gets an offer from Muleshoe to make more money at USC than he's making at Oklahoma to be the running backs coach out there. DeMarco says, basically, F off. I'm staying at Oklahoma. Then, of course, there was that rumor about what, uh, what happened in the meeting room, which has been shot down, but interesting nonetheless. Then, six weeks later... He beats out USC for Javante Barnes. And now here we are another year and a half down the road, and he's on the verge of overturning USC's best laid plans to secure the number one running back in the entire 2024 cycle. DeMarco Murray is USC's crypto. Yeah, he's on a he's on a USC, he's on a heater right now. Uh, too, too bad. Well, I guess DeMarco wouldn't have played in the 08 title game, but too bad OU couldn't have played USC in the 08 title game instead. DeMarco Murray still would have rolled out there and rushed for 300 yards based on the, uh, the past history he has with the Trojans out there. Yeah, um, things are looking good for Taylor Tatum. And, and not only are all the predictions coming in for him, it feels like the USC side is kind of saying – yeah, this one's not looking good. So so not yeah, only look, is well, it trending towards OU, it feels like this could happen, I don't know, rather quickly a decision. Scott, If Scott Schrader is conceding that Oklahoma is where Taylor Tatum's going to end up, that's where Taylor Tatum's going to end up. Because for those that haven't put two and two together yet, Scott Schrader is arguably the biggest fanboy in the entire <laughs> recruiting space. Well, Lincoln told him what to put out what, what a couple of days ago. Like, well, it, it, was, it was Lincoln – who really made the whole football base, which is just such a weird thing to say. Like, you are know? you a reporter or are you Lincoln Riley's PR person? I mean, person? You, don't, you don't hear Skip Johnson. Like, Skip Johnson doesn't need to say that. It, what that says to me, Parker, is one, it's not true. And two, Lincoln just really feels the need, like one last ditch effort, I don't know, really feels the need for that to be put out there. I just, I just think that whole thing is... Is weird, but I guess it's pretty par for the course. A lot of people want to know what are the chances of Taylor Tatum being a five-star running back if he's the number one running back in this class. I think he's, what, number 33 overall in the 24-7 composite rankings. I would think that there's absolutely a chance he ends up being a five-star. Yeah, so if that holds, he'll be a five-star. Unless he drops, and drops pretty substantially for where he's already ranked, yeah, he'll be a five-star. At the very least, like, there's not a chance, barring injury, that guy drops out of the top 100. 
it's way too late in the cycle for that to happen. So, at best, you're looking at a five-star kid here and the number one running back in the country. At worst, you're looking at a top 100 player. Has anyone researched the last time OU signed the number one running back in the country? Has anyone looked at that? I mean, Adrian Peterson obviously would be. I can't remember if Joe Mixon was or not. Obviously, he was a five-star coming out of California in that class. Jeremy Calhoun? Jeremy Calhoun, former five-star running back as well from the state of Texas. Yeah, may have to go back and uh, go back and look at that one. Uh, Big Bad Wolf says, speaking of Lincoln, is the new Nebraska head coach going to have a good season? Matt Rule, um, I think he's going to beat Colorado in the non-conference. I think Nebraska's got a chance to, uh, to get to six wins. 405, will he be a five-star by the end of the year, the running back? Yeah, we just talked about that. Uh, 405, just wait until Taylor Tatum gets here and plays disc golf. He will forget <laughs> about football. <laughs> some uh, some on the text line would probably prefer that, you know? But if he's a two, if you ta- if you sign two two sports stars here, uh, that may not that may be end up being a pretty good deal for both programs. James Nesta and Taylor Tatum. Taylor Tatum like, announces for OU in the next eight days. We know who gets K Ref Recruiter of the Month. Also, yeah, the the race is really starting to shape up, isn't it? We've got the first the first non football staffer to win K Ref Recruiter of the Month honors would be Skip Johnson in the month of June. Nine one eight. Can we promote Skip Johnson to K Ref Recruiter of the Month potentially? Chapstick issue with Taylor Tatum. Uh, he maybe will show up. Don't know what his draft potential is. I would um, I would guess that he probably shows up. Deuce Robinson was a five-star tight end in last year's class, and he signed with USC, and I think he was working out um, in Seattle, what, yesterday or a couple of days ago. Uh, it's, it sounds like he's going to at least play at USC for the time being, football-wise, correct? So I think the plan, from what I've seen circulating, is that he's going to try to play college football and professional baseball at the same time. Ooh, interesting. Which I'm really not sure how that works out logistically. But, yeah, that was what I had seen, is that Deuce Robinson, I guess because it's two different sports, maybe it doesn't affect his eligibility. But I guess his plan is to play pro baseball half the year and play college football the other half of the year. Uh, 918 says, why are we surprised Riley tried to control the narrative with Taylor Tatum? That's who he is, in all caps. Inferiority Complex 101. I have to tell you how good I am, so you think I'm that good. <laughs> I think that there's, uh, there's probably a lot of truth to that. 580, what's the likelihood that both Tatum and Nesta never take a snap for the football team would be a huge letdown. The, the, the likelihood that both never take a snap, I feel like that's pretty slim, man. I feel like that's a very small percentage that neither of the two ever take a snap with OU's football team. I think that's very small. What about you? I, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to confidently project that both of them take a snap. Yeah. Take many snaps. Just one snap. That's all that's With all OU's football team. I, I think Nest is a guy that, in the end, probably ends up prioritizing football. Um, and, look, he'll he's good, he's good enough as a baseball player that – I think he can prioritize football collegiately and still get drafted out of high school and still get drafted whenever his time comes once uh, his college career is done. I think it makes sense for a guy like that to prioritize football. And for Tatum, man, like I said, the kid loves baseball. So he he may prioritize baseball. But in the end, like what you have to remember is that 
This guy has always loved baseball. Baseball has always been his top priority. And he's still the number one running back in the country. Yeah. So, like I said, it feels like OU's got some real uh, recruiting momentum right now. Um, text line seems like they're in a good mood today, right? How, how are you guys feeling? 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. I, and I'm talking just about the recruiting side of things right now. You feel like there's recruiting momentum? You feel like some good things are about to happen? I feel that way. I think Parker feels that way. Uh, I think there's a lot of reasons to be excited right now about the 2024 class. I just want to know. Just, just curious. We like to check in from time to time on uh, how fans are feeling about the current recruiting class. So hit us up on the text line. We'll get to that in a whole lot more. Xavier Robinson's announcement coming next week. Uh, Texas, well... The race for Micah Hudson is getting more and more interesting. The five-star wide receiver. We'll lay that whole situation out and a whole lot more coming up next. Keep it locked in the ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on the ref for the homeless Sooner fans. What up, Ref Army? Thank you, as always, for listening nationwide via the free and official KREF app. Just search KREF in the app store. Longview, Texas is tuned in today. Home of five-star running back Taylor Tatum. Home of for, uh, former uh, wide receiver Malcolm Kelly, correct? Malcolm Kelly was from... Yeah, Malcolm uh, Kelly was a Longview guy. Long, it's, in the, uh, it's in the wrap, of course. Fargo, North Dakota. Frankfort, Illinois. San Leandro, California. Ozark, Arkansas. Cary, North Carolina. And our small town of the day, Apache, Oklahoma. I think this is uh, Apache's uh, first, first visit on, as the uh, small town of the day in Oklahoma. So, welcome to the show, Apache. Appreciate it. Again, download our free app in the App Store, KREF. Ref Army Locator brought to you by K&N Furniture Consignment with locations in OKC and in Norman on Main Street. Much more than furniture consignment, K&N is a full design center and will beat any local competitor's price on fabrics. So, about two weeks ago, in-state prospect, I believe he's a three-star, Andy Bass got that OU offer at camp. Yep. Did he post he ran a 4.37 yesterday at KU? I mean, we knew he was fast and athletic, but... Yeah, no, don't get it twisted. Four, that kid can three, fly. 4.37.40 at KU camp? Yeah, he can fly. Ooh, and like, dang. The one thing I've mentioned repeatedly to underscore how fast Andy Bass is, is that Gavin Freeman won a state title in the 100 meters as a senior with a 10.68. Andy Bass just won a state title in the 100 meters as a junior with a 10.56. So, yes, that dude can run. Yeah, he uh, he real fast. And then Brandon Drum, you guys played that a little bit a couple of hours ago, but he had the uh, David Stone interview. Brandon asked you know David about his timeline. He essentially said, I don't know. Asked him if he was going to be at the party in the palace. Um, said no to that, but he will be back in on July 20th. So like what I'm gathering, Parker, is this is playing out exactly like we thought it would. You know, OU is in good shape here, at least as of right now, but the timeline and everything else is kind of murky when it comes to the David Stone recruitment. And that's probably not going to change anytime soon. Needless to say, like, without question, what's going to happen is he will take his Michigan State official visit this weekend, he will post pictures, and we will have people texting us on Monday asking us if Michigan State is once again a top player in the recruitment. Did they get back in this? Did they get back in this? Are they back in it? Sparty? Coach Tuck? Coach Tuck coming. That's what they say up there. <laughs> I don't think so he yeah, is. Yeah, look, it's it's just something you got to be patient with. This and the williams Nwaneri situation both. If you want to sign five-star defensive linemen, you got to put up with some drama along the way. 
903. Uh, text line is saying that Trent Williams is also from Longview. Dude. Yes. They need to start getting about five kids a year out of Longview. Malcolm Kelly, Trent Williams, and now they could be uh, getting the number one running back, Taylor Tatum, out of Longview as well. Jeez, there's some dudes that have come out of uh, Longview in the past 20 years or so. Uh, 918, if we get Tatum, does that mean Caden Durham is out? No. Not at all? No, not at all. Not by a long shot. In fact, I... Okay, for those that aren't familiar with DeMarco Murray's philosophy, the re- part of the reason why DeMarco Murray successfully landed Gavin Sawchuk and Javante Barnes, two top ten backs nationally, in the same class back in 2022, is that he told both guys, and it sounds somewhat counterintuitive at face value, but he told both guys, look, you're not going to be the only running back that I recruit in this cycle. And you're not going to be the only running back that sees a significant share of the snaps at Oklahoma. Because when you go to the NFL, I want your legs to still be fresh. I don't want to overwork you. And so we're going to do running back by committee. We're going to do tandems. You're going to come here. You're going to get your share of the action. But you're going to split the duty with somebody else. Javante Barnes loved that. Absent that pitch from DeMarco Murray... I don't know if Javante Barnes ends up at Oklahoma, but that was exactly what he was looking for. He said, yeah, look, obviously, when I get to the league, I want to be able to have eight, ten good years ahead of me because running back careers are short enough as it is. So I want to be able to strut my stuff in college, but I also don't want to be toting the rock 250 times a season. And so Taylor Tatum and Caden Durham, and to a lesser extent, Xavier Robinson, no doubt, are getting fed the exact same message from DeMarco Murray. Is look, I took two running backs in 22. I took two in 23. I'm going to take two more in 24. DeMar- and you and I think most understand that Xavier Robinson isn't really being recruited by OU as a true running back. They expect him to have a multifaceted role. But to Durham and Tatum, that's exactly what... OU and DeMarco are going to continue yeah. to tell him is, hey, come play with one another. I guess DeMarco had that when he was at OU, right, with Chris Brown. And I mean, Moses Madu as well. Yeah. I, mean, I think DeMarco and Chris Brown were both 1,000-yard rushers in 2008. I mean, they, they were throwing up a lot of yards and a lot of points, but as great as DeMarco was, and he's one of the you know best running backs of the Stoops era, there's no doubt, but he seemingly always had a solid uh, number two running back behind him splitting reps as well. Yeah, for sure. I asked going into the break just kind of how everyone's feeling right now with seemingly some positive recruiting momentum. Coy says we can't feel good about our recruiting until David Stone or another big defensive lineman uh, commits. Just joking around. So he's, he's kidding a little bit there, trying to bring some humor to the show today. Peyton says I'm a little on edge. Before all the laps OU Twitter took on USC and Lincoln Riley, Tatum picking USC wouldn't have been a big deal. Now it'll be on the headline of every site, every talk show, uh, and they'll talk about it. Hell, even Cowherd will probably have a segment about the way OU fans have acted before he is even announced. I hope he does. Go ahead, have that segment, Colin Cowherd. I like if that's the case. Okay, so what? Like Muleshoe gets his running back, sure. OU will live to recruit another at that position. And I also just think we're to the point in this recruitment where if it swung back to USC, 
given all the relationships that exist and were deepened over the weekend at Oklahoma, I would be shocked. And I think most in the industry would be shocked enough that, it yeah, it would get talked about a lot. It would get a lot of play, not because it was Lincoln Riley getting the best of his former employer, but just because it would be such a drastic turn of events that you'd almost you almost liken it to David Hicks from a year ago or Cormani McLean or another recruitment that took, took a bizarre twist at the end, Josh Connerly to Oregon over USC last year, something along those lines. So, yeah, it would get talked about a lot, but I don't think OU fans are going to catch a ton of heat collectively. I think the reason it'll get play is just because, well, this looked like it was squarely headed in OU's favor, and then, boom, here came USC at the 11th hour. Yeah. Well, I know OU fans are uh, currently looking for the receipt of Lincoln saying it's easier to recruit at USC than uh-huh. it is in Norman. So I'm sure uh, we'll see a, a few of those if Taylor Tatum does indeed uh, pick OU. 5'10.5", 205-pound running back, by the way. Number one running back in this class. So this is fascinating, and I think that this is about to change, by the way, because Texas seemingly is in line to get a four-star offensive lineman, Daniel Cruz. Yes. But um, a, a guy at On3, a national guy, says, according to our On3 rankings, in the state of Texas, nine of the top 25 players in the state are committed to schools. None of those are committed to Texas or to Texas A&M. So currently, out of the 25 best players in the state of Texas on On3's rankings, None of them are recruited or, or, or uh, committed to Texas or Texas A&M, which is a little bit wild. Like UT and A&M will get top players from the state of Texas, and I say that I don't know if four-star offensive lineman Daniel Cruz is a top twenty-five player in the state, but I mean we still got a lot of time to go in this class. But yeah, man, Texas has had a very slow start so far this point. I mean OU is still somewhere right around what thirty-seven or so. Texas is back in, like, the mid-50s last time I checked. They lost a commit today. I think their longest standing commitment from four-star athlete Hunter Modden, too. So They did get a four-star running back today, correct? They got Christian Clark today. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Hunter Modden decommits, and that's a, that right there, that's a national top 25 player in the state of Texas. Uh, and a, Well, and a national – so top 25 player in the state of Texas, national top 100 player. So – one of the few such players that is committed to Texas ended up decommitting earlier today. And they're not going to get Micah Hudson. No. No, uh, that was uh, fond yesterday to Texas Tech. And that's been a fun one to follow, mostly because, well, Texas Tech might get a five-star wide receiver from Sark in Texas, which is pretty crazy. Um, Yeah, man, Tech's doing some – for Tech standards, they're doing some nice things on the recruiting trail. And this would be by far and away the biggest get that Joey McGuire has gotten in Lubbock. But he's not going to take that Texas OV. And now uh, Wilt Fong put in a crystal ball for Micah Hudson to Texas Tech. That's wild, man. Do you think that's imminent that he commits to Tech? And we'll see if he actually signs with Texas Tech. And that's my I big think there's question. a long way to go regardless of what happens. But it, I, I just wonder if like a commitment could be imminent over the weekend for Micah Hudson. Over the weekend, no. Will it happen reasonably soon? Yes, I believe so. Does he stick with Tech? That I am skeptical of. Because, I look, it's easy for a five-star receiver to 
pontificate about how good his relationships are with that whole staff and how intentional they've been throughout the whole process with him. And there's truth to that, right? That's the reason why Texas Tech has been the favorite for about the last month or so for Micah Hudson. The predictions started dropping in mid-May. But when push comes to shove, and just knowing what I know of some of the numbers that are being thrown around behind the scenes, the NIL valuations that have been placed on the top wide receivers in this cycle. He's going to make more than Joey McGuire. <laughs> come October, November, and you're staring down the barrel at an imminent signing at, in mid-December, and you have nationally elite programs throwing seven figures at you, it'll be a different ballgame. Sure. Yeah. John from Tulsa, this is the best I've felt about recruiting this entire cycle. I feel like things are falling into place and the recruits are seeing how great the program and the coaching staff is. Plus, I feel like the current players are doing a great job of making all the recruits feel like they're already part of the team, which I think is cool. We're going to get ours 100%. 580, not sure how I feel about Emmett Jones leaving Tech and then they trend for a five-star wide receiver. So saying, well, what does that say about Emmett Jones if he leaves Lubbock and now they're trending for a five-star wide receiver? Well, it tells you that Micah Hudson, and this is 100% the case. This is why I'm saying it. The reason Texas Tech is in the driver's seat for Micah Hudson is because his main relationship there wasn't with Emmett Jones, although they did have a really good relationship. It wasn't just about the Emmett Jones connection for Micah Hudson. That entire staff... Literally, without exception, the entire staff has been engaged in the effort to bring Micah Hudson home to Lubbock. Yeah. 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer, Chevrolet, text line. We'll get to a lot of your text, and yeah, you guessed it, a whole lot of crouton coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref for the homeless suitor fans inside the Buffalo Wild Wings studios. In case you missed it yesterday... Carl Albert running back Xavier Robinson is going to commit next week on Tuesday, June 27th at 5 p.m. Yeah, still feels like that one's going to be uh, OU. I, I guess anything could happen down the stretch here, but uh, what are we, five days away? It feels like it's going to be have to be Iowa State that has is going to have to make a big move down the stretch here. And I don't think that you normally see Iowa State making a late move over OU with five days to no, go it, in it's, a recruitment. It's honestly strange how tumultuous this recruitment has been, all things considered, only for the path to lead back to Oklahoma. Because generally an in-state kid like that gets an offer, such as the Oklahoma one, that's that far and away more prestigious than all the other offers on his sheet. And Notre Dame didn't come till a lot later. But even so... Uh, you would have figured that a kid like that would always have been pegged to OU without much question about it. But no, I mean, there was a time where Iowa State had the upper hand over Oklahoma. Sure. And the Sooners were able to kind of reverse that trend when they got him on campus for the official visit. But, yeah, it's been kind of a wild process for Xavier Robinson here. And in the end, though, it looks like the flagship program within his home state is going to get his pledge. I know we talked about Dylan Riola transferring to uh, Buford in the state of Georgia for his fourth high school in three years. It's still wild to me that the uh, number one overall player in 2024 is going to team up with fellow five-star prospects K.J. Bolden and Edric Houston. 
Jeez, that's unfair, and man. And they've got Mantra, so they've got they've got Montrez Walker and they've got Jaden Perlotti in the 2025 that class. That is a too. loaded high school football team, man. Even without Dylan Raiola, but you add Dylan Raiola to the mix, that is that's that's big time. That's big time. Is there any chance that he's not the number one player? Like I saw Julian Sayan really tear it up at the Elite Eleven last week. Um, is there anyone outside Dylan Raiola that has a chance to be the number one player? I don't know if it's Julian Sayan or, or, or not, but that kid feels like he's got a chance to be the next great one at, uh, for Alabama at quarterback. He he looked he has looked and did look really good at the Elite Eleven. Really good player. He's sharp, man. And much like Bryce Young, he's not super imposing physically. Like if you met the kid on the street, you probably wouldn't figure that you were shaking the hand of a five-star quarterback. But no, man, he's got game. And I would say amongst the players that have a chance to be the number one prospect in the 2024 class, I'll bet you it comes down to a two-man battle, honestly, between Dylan Raiola and Williams Nguyenary. Mm, that's nice. That's really the only guy I see is – Somebody that's got the skills and the tools to supplant Raiola as the number one overall prospect. You know, and Text Line has been asking about an update from Williams Winery. Is he going to take that Georgia visit? Um, it's probably going to be a lot of rumors leading up to this weekend, and we'll probably find out after the weekend or in real time if he was able to make it to Athens or not. Or if somebody was able to pick him up from Atlanta or, or who knows. But I think you and Brandon have both been pretty consistent. You think that that unofficial will probably happen this weekend to Georgia. Is Atlanta Sooner listening? Um, I don't know. Atlanta Sooner, let us know. Yeah. You're going to have to call some say, flat yeah, tires yeah, sla here. Slash the tires. There you go. Make sure. Make absolutely certain. Like the, uh, the prospect four or five years ago that was supposed to make it to Norman but got a flat tire from the state of Texas and couldn't make that. I forget who that was. Or somebody like four or five years ago was supposed yeah. to be in Norman for a big visit weekend. And I don't make remember it who that was tire. either. Um, Drew from Flower Mound asks, who is Terry Bussey's number one school right now? It could be OU because it we is, did no, get we, – we got a follow on our KREF Twitter page uh, from someone's last name, Bussey. It wasn't Terry. I don't know if it's his mom or not or a relative, but hey, there you go. KREF helping out maybe. With the recruitment of Terry Bussey? I can say pretty confidently and pretty authoritatively right now, Terry Bussey's number one school is Oklahoma, as things stand. Now, do that. Do not interpret that as me saying Terry Bussey ends up in Oklahoma's class, because I still am not convinced of that. But having talked to a few folks very, very close to Bussey over the last few days, yes, I get the sense Bussey is leaning Oklahoma at this point in time. We'll see if he's singing the same tune after the Texas official this weekend, but things feel nice right that right now as they stand. From the 405, what can you tell us about Jaden Jackson? Was he in recently? Four-star uh, defensive lineman from IMG? Yeah, Monday through Wednesday for an official. Yeah. I, yeah. I saw the photo with he and his family uh, next to uh, Brett Vittables. Listener in the 402 said uh, flat tie was Colton Vosick last year. This was no, several more years yeah, ago. Yeah, no, Colton Vosick, uh, he was he was staying home to watch film with his team. Yes. That's what it was. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. And he he grinds the tape. Ended up being at Texas, uh, you know, a couple times. No, anything else? to note on Jaden Jackson, IMG defensive lineman, six foot two, 300 pounds, four-star composite defensive lineman, impressive offer list. What's, what's does, uh, what are OU's chances I, there? I will say this much. If Oklahoma is able to get David Stone committed and committed rather expediently here, that will go a long way with Jaden Jackson. 
IMG teammates yep. could be teaming up to come here. That would be a pretty yep. nice uh, duo to get out of IMG, that's yep. for sure. KMO Sooner, did y'all say Gary Busey? No, we did not say <laughs> – we did not say – OU does not need Gary Busey on campus, all right? Let me be the first one to say that. Or maybe they do. Maybe they need Gary Busey as a hype coach on the sideline. It would get pretty wild. From a listener of the 918, just throwing this out there, I need me some Grant Bricks. I agree with Parker. He yeah. is a dude. Uh, Kansas State feels the same way, though. That's that, that's kind of the issue. Man, like, I, as much as I hate to say this, though, like, I just, I just want people to understand that Bricks is a unique enough kid that he's exactly the type of player – that OU would lose a recruiting battle to K-State for. Mm-hmm. Like, if that actually happened, I'd be like, wow, that'd be really hard to believe if it weren't Grant Bricks we were talking about. But that's de- that said, I still favor Oklahoma there. I he, do. He's, uh, he's the farmer, correct? Yes. His, his family does livestock competitions. Nice. <laughs> well, God, I know you were reading off the random national champs earlier today. Does K-State have a better livestock program than the University of Oklahoma? So they're, they're, something to think about. They are the reigning national champions in meat animal evaluation. So, I wonder Big recruiting if, pitch for K-State I was about to say, I wonder if there's some NIL tied into the meat animal evaluation program, and they brought that into play for Grant Briggs. Uh, from the 214, hearing Taylor Tatum has said he's in no hurry to commit. Yeah, we'll, we'll see, see about we'll, it. We'll see we'll about see. that. Maybe a chance that, that that one could happen this weekend. That would that would be nice. I, I just – I don't know, man. I don't feel like we're going to be waiting. Like, in a month's time, I think that he'll have already made a an announcement on what his, uh, what his intentions are. Can, now, I will add this. All of the predictions that flew in yesterday, that has – and that there's, there's a chance that slows down the timeline because from everything I've heard – the Tatums, and most specifically Taylor, are not thrilled about that. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, from the 402, who has a better chance to make an impact this season, Petaway, Gibson, or Anderson? Oh, I'm going with Anderson here. Really? Yeah. Nick. I mean, if we're talking about Nick Anderson, which that's who I guess that we're talking about here. Yeah, no, no, no Nate Anderson. Oh, okay. are we talking about Nate Anderson? <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Oh, I was, I was like, seriously? What? Yeah, Nick Anderson for me over those three. As much as I love Nick Anderson, man... And I do love me some Nick Anderson. This is under the, I, the premise that he's healthy and ready to go this year, by the if, way. If he's healthy, it's Nick Anderson. But, man, Jaquay's Petaway, yeah, that, that dude's going to do some stuff this year for Oklahoma. He will. I promise you he sees the field, and he probably sees the field more than you expect. Well, Because we, that speed will go places. We have a different number one, but it looks like we have the same number three. And I'm not totally giving up on Jaden Gibson, though the last time we saw him obviously wasn't a great moment for him. But, yeah, I would probably put Jaden Gibson at number three in that group. I'm somewhat alarmed by how many people took seriously my Twitter joke yesterday about Jaden Gibson having a growth spurt to 6'11". I'll just say that. Uh, it's social media. I'm sure some. Uh, that, that probably – you're lucky that didn't end up on message board geniuses, by the way. You know? Well, no, because message board geniuses understood it was tongue-in-cheek. And the uh, the perpetuation, if you will, of an NBA Twitter joke. By the way, um, speaking of message board geniuses, Orange Bloods made it today. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Texas. Uh, the, the headline is, is seven win Sark 
becoming three-star Sark. So, hey, Texas, uh, or excuse me, OU's not the only three-star U, okay? Apparently, Texas fans think uh, UT's three-star U as well, or at least three-star Sark. Recruiting is on very shaky ground for this year. The guys that have committed are not very impressive. Florida, coming off a 6-7 and seven season, is going to sign more Texas top 10 than the Longhorns. I want to know, like, which fan base isn't melting down right now about their recruiting? Uh, Georgia, probably. Sure. Uh, Michigan feels good. Ohio State, I'm sure, feels pretty good. But outside that, Notre Dame might feel pretty good. But Minnesota's got like 23 commits, right? Stanford, Stanford top 10 right now, I want to say. Yeah, there you go, Stanford. Hey, hey, they don't even care. They have no idea that they even have a recruiting class currently, Stanford. So they're definitely not panicking about it. There's about 9 to 10 schools. Everyone else probably is. 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Light it up. We'll get to them next. More recruiting on the other side. Keep it locked in the ref. Final segment locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. I'm getting um, some different names on the prospect back in like 2017, 2018 that had the flat tire on their way to Norman and couldn't make it up. Uh, Leon Neal being one of the Leon O'Neal being one of those. And then, I think it uh, was Leon O'Neal. Yeah, Scooby Carter, I think, is uh, another guest by some. I thought it was Leon O'Neal seems right. And I was like, man, whatever happened to that guy? Yeah, he uh, four-star safety. He ended up at A&M, and it looks like he just signed with the uh, CFL, Canadian Football League, in 2023. So there you go. Jimbo out there slashing tires or something. That's probably what he was doing. Was Jimbo uh, – I can't remember if Jimbo was yeah, there. Yeah, he was at 2018. 2018 was his first year. Go put, a, go put a nail there in the middle of the highway there, and we'll pop uh, Leon <laughs> O'Neill's tires. How about that? Does that sound good? So, there is a uh, radio show uh, based out of Atlanta that's all college football that I go on like once every two weeks or so, and the host asked the question that you and I have tossed around a couple of times before, which is, hey, wait a minute here. I know you guys got a five-star freshman quarterback, but Dylan Gabriel's got two years of eligibility remaining. What happens if Dylan Gabriel is really good next year? Do you kick him to the curb for the five-star freshman, or do you let Dylan Gabriel start your first year in the SEC? And I basically said, well, I've kind of thought this the entire time, and I'm not really changing my opinion. Um, I still feel that Gabriel is your starter this year, and Jackson Arnold is your starter in 2024, your first year in the SEC. I will be the first to acknowledge that if Dylan Gabriel wants to stay and play another year, I have no idea how you manage that. I, 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 I really don't. Dude, complicated. I, I, I'm thinking my, – my guess is OU doesn't either. My guess is OU's just hoping Dylan Gabriel decides to take it to the NFL after this season. Because, like, how do you – realistically, how do you bench that guy in 2024? Depending but on also, what year like, he has. It, it by, could be easy based on what happens well, this year. Well, sure. But, but this like, is under the premise he has a good if season. If he performs well – how do you bench that guy? But by the same token, how do you keep Jackson Arnold riding pine for another season? Well, especially There's... after the small sample size that you've seen so far at a spring ball, which sounds like everyone was really, really impressed with what they saw, you know? Like, that decision, I guess, could be a little bit easier if Jackson Arnold so far has stunk it up around here, but that does not seem like that's been the case. Like, the natural ability he has was like, ooh, wow, okay, yeah, this kid's got something. All right. He's our future. My guess is that Gabriel plays this year, tries his hand at the NFL, and 
Jackson Arnold's your starter in 2024. Would you like to make a uh, wager on that, or you want to? You thinking that's exactly what's going to happen as well? I think this is DG's last year at OU. Yeah, I, I like. I I would agree. I think that's the easy answer for all involved. Is Dylan Gabriel goes to the NFL after 2023? Jackson Arnold is your starter in 2024, and you don't have to worry about the logistical gridlock that would ensue if Gabriel wanted to stick around for the 2024 season. Well, Peyton said, "What's what conversation?" He says, "JFA starting more than three games this year." Wow! Well, if that happens, that makes that that, that makes the decision for you right there. If Jackson Arnold starts more than three games this year. There's no debate on what happens with Dylan Gabriel after this next season. He won't be at OU. He won't be at OU. He might be somewhere else, or he will be somewhere else, but it won't be at OU. But it is a fascinating thing to think about before the season starts. Because Dylan Gabriel, hey, I know that Jackson Arnold has a higher ceiling. I'm aware of that. However, Dylan Gabriel is allowed to have a, a good season, especially with this crap schedule that they're going to play this year. Somebody in the 405 said, if Thune was a weatherman, it might rain, it might not. I'm not saying it's going to rain, but I'm not saying it's not either. Okay, well, here, let me put it this way for you. I'm going to start putting a percentage chance on which guys landed Oklahoma. How about that? There's a 60% chance of Grant Bricks at Oklahoma. There's a 70% chance of Taylor Tatum. Is this bad? Now I'm just going to put it in weather. Well, are you serious about that 60% for, yeah. for Grant Bricks? Yeah. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Jamie in White House wants to know about Casey Poe. There's a 50% chance of Casey Poe, Jamie. Look at that offensive That's the line forecast class for you. seemingly coming together. Florida's all the way up to the number three recruiting class. Billy Napier, you needed it, bud. You really needed a big-time recruiting class. Maybe it's coming your way. The Rush is coming up next. Keep it locked in the ref.